You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. Sarah, it's always a good idea to kind of know where would be the greatest outcome that we can achieve today in our conversation. Mm -hmm. It's always a good idea to kind of set ourselves up for something so we can Mm -hmm. always redirect our conversation and try to see how we can best serve to be able to get you that result. So if I was to direct your energy towards focusing on something, Mm -hmm. what would you say would be something that we can discuss today, explore today, that would be of greatest service to you? So I I actually took some time to think of this today. And uh, my core challenge right now is fear. And I've just written it down. So I've got things that came up as fear of putting myself out there, of being different to others, of wanting more than what I am told I can have, what I believe I can have, and talking about it in public. So I'll be honest, today's... Being on a podcast, knowing it's going to be live, was is already me taking myself out of my comfort zone right now. So this is the focus. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And fear is such a thing that stops us across in our entire life. So I'm glad that we are discussing this because if we are able to unlock this today, unpack this today, I think it's not only going to serve your business, it's going to serve a lot of different areas of your life. So I'm excited to explore this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Sarah, tell me, you kind of said fear as an overarching topic, mm-hmm. and then you said a couple of fears that seem to be more present to you. One of them was mm-hmm. fear of doing something that usually is not expected of you or doing something different. Did, did, did yeah. you say that? Yeah. Where do you think that fear sits in you? I mean, why do you have that fear of being different? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I think I've always been told I'm different. And in a way that this difference is not actually a good thing. So I guess it always comes back. Because the thing is, although I've been told I'm different, I keep pushing myself to be even more different. So it's uh, it's a bit counterintuitive to me, (laughs) if that makes sense. And uh, coming back from Mind Valley, having seen you in Mind Valley, I've now shifted so much that I actually don't know how to navigate this new person and this hence this story that's coming up mm. that uh, now I actually know I'm different <laughs> you see what I mean you know when you don't know and you're trying to talk about things it's one thing and then you say okay that's not how people think but now when you've actually done the process and actually really changed and now I'm like how do I be okay with being different without creating too many waves. Does that make sense? Yes, and before we get into how to be different, let's find out what okay. is different, right? Okay. You said after the event, we, we were at Super Coach Experience, mm-hmm. you feel you're a different person, that you, mm-hmm. there's a different version of you that has, yeah. uh, that has taken over and has expanded you into this new mm-hmm. version of yourself. Tell me what is this new version of ourselves? Let's build an understanding of what is this okay. new person. Somehow I feel I've gone back towards my authentic self. 
I'm more playful, I'm more funny, I'm more open, I'm just more, <laughs> just more of everything, which is a little bit scary at times. <laughs> A little bit scary. It's good to be more, but it's a little bit like, how much more am I more? I don't probably I don't know that yet. Uh, but it seems to be just an open view of everything and anything. Um, beautiful, beautiful. So mm-hmm. you're saying that you are now more authentic and hence more mm-hmm. aligned to who you are as a person, and now you're yeah. finding it hard to navigate yourself. Am I understanding this correct? Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And because yeah. you're finding it hard to navigate, is that what is causing the fear or is the perception of the world that is causing the fear? A little bit of both. At times, what I think I might react a certain way based on my past experience, I don't know if that's still true. And because of that, I don't actually, at times I don't know if the event I'm anticipating might happen, might actually happen because... I'm different also. Uh, is that making sense? No, <laughs> it does. It does. Okay. Let's, let's unpack that a little bit. So yeah. you are more authentic as a person. You feel more aligned to yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. You feel like there is parts of you that are unexplored because it's a more authentic, newer version mm-hmm. of yourself that you may not be fully aware of. And hence, you're concerned about the consequences of the version of you that is now fully expressed, which is the most authentic version of yourself. Yes, and which also may not be the same person that society expects of me. That's the the extra bit, yeah. So so let's leave the society for a hot second. Let's Mm -hmm. just get comfortable with ourselves first, right? So that's the version. Let's get comfortable with Mm -hmm. our authentic selves. What do you think, Sarah, happens when you are an authentic version of yourself? What happens for you? What happens for somebody else? Why is it that the world advocates for the authentic version of ourselves? Well, what happens to me is that I seem to be more aligned in between at least heart and head. I, I That is easier for me to understand when I have emotions or what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling. Less of the controversy in my own mind. I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to the rest of no, the question. <laughs> One thing that you have identified, which is true, is that when you're authentically expressed and you're authentic to who you are and the experience of life that you're having, it's almost like you're a river without any barriers. You can clearly yeah. and easily flow because you know exactly who you are and how you flow and where you're going and how you're going, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And when you are not your authentic version of yourself, it's like throwing rocks in that river and putting big mm-hmm. blockades because mm-hmm. of the perception of the world or perception of ourselves, of ourselves, and saying, let's stop this expression because it's too much and we cannot mm-hmm. flow as clearly. But like the river analogy, if you think about mm-hmm. it, a river that is stopped by rocks and trees and branches mm-hmm. and whatever else on the way will move slower. It wouldn't have mm-hmm. the pace. It wouldn't have the beauty that it can fully express and present. That's kind mm-hmm. of what happens when you are not fully expressing yourself or being authentic Mm -hmm. to who you are as a person. When you're authentic to yourself as who you are as a person, what happens is it flows a lot more easily. Decision-making is easier. Mm -hmm. Your expression is easier. You're not doubting yourself. You're not wondering if this is true or not. You're not wondering what is really aligned and what is not really aligned because you're just saying, I'm listening to who I am. I am feeling Mm -hmm. who I am and expressing who I am. And there is Mm -hmm. no two versions of story that I have to manage in my mind, in my soul, in my being. 
right? So the reason why we advocate for authentic expression is not because of the authentic expression itself, but because what authentic expression leads to spiritually, mentally, psychologically, for us to be Mm -hmm. unrestricted and untamed in any ways, Mm. right? Because authentic expression would mean aligned expression as well. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's assume that you could authentically express and you could stay authentic to yourself. Would you feel that the best version of you, despite the results you may create in the world, would still give you joy because you were fully expressed? Sorry, can you repeat that? So uh, what happens in our reality, what happens in our mm-hmm. reality is more often than not, we chase something. Like there's a destination that makes us feel good. Or at least that's okay. how we have been built as society, right? Or society yeah. acknowledges that. And sometimes because of mm-hmm. that, we acknowledge that. That if I will get X, Y, Z outcome, I can be mm-hmm. happy, joyous, so on and so forth, right? Okay, yeah. Versus, but which is, which is a way, very goal-setting way of living life, right? There's a goal, okay. I must yeah. chase the goal, I must get to the goal, right? Mm-hmm. But goals are a arbitrary, of course, because we just come mm-hmm. up with them based on what we know. And secondly, they delay our experience of life because the mm-hmm. experience of life, the joy of life is delayed to when the goal is achieved. Yeah, right. agreed. Mm-hmm. So when we say, I am mm-hmm. authentically expressed right now in this moment, mm-hmm. what we are really yeah. doing is we are bringing joy to this moment. Yeah, agreed. Because okay. we are joyous for who we are. So the mm-hmm. question is that if you were to ask yourself, on what would it mean for me to authentically express myself without the ability to understand, is this going to help me in the future or not help me in the future? Mm -hmm. Would you feel a sense of joy, excitement, beingness in the moment that you live versus the moment that may or may not happen in the future? Yes, yeah. Yes, I, I would. Yeah, if I remove that question of future, yes, 100%. I'm. How do you find that question of future being helpful to you today? Does it sound helpful to you today? Yeah, to remove that idea of to remove chase it is helpful, yeah. but to have that yeah. does it does it serve a purpose? To have that idea that says, "Oh, I should worry about what will happen tomorrow because I'm authentically expressing myself today." Is it helpful as a thought anyway? No, no, no. To me, no. No. To me, no, okay. because otherwise. The reason why I'm asking that question yeah. is now we know yeah. that that thought is not helpful, mm-hmm. which means it's easier to suspend that thought because it's actually not serving a need. Yeah. Right? But yep. it may be that unconsciously it does serve a need. Okay. Right? So the inquiry mm-hmm. that I would like you to still stay present to Sarah mm-hmm. is that when it comes up, oh, what is going to happen in the future if I, you know, mm-hmm. express myself? Am I going to be safe? Am I going to be uh, getting to some version of goals that I need to get to? And so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. that you get present to that and say, why is this important to me? What is this belief, this limiting belief, this limiting idea is actually Mm -hmm. serving if it serves anything? And sometimes it Mm -hmm. does serve and it does serve not in our greater good. It serves in protecting us. So there is a reason why we create limiting beliefs because it creates limitations for us. And so we don't go beyond that limitation. Right. And mm-hmm. so it makes us safe. Right. That's the purpose of limiting beliefs, or that's yeah. the role limiting beliefs play. It's not meaningful in the context of life you want to create and useful in the life uh, we want to create, but that's the purpose of it. That's where our mind mm-hmm. creates limiting beliefs. Yeah. 
Okay. Is this helpful? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So paradigm wise, yeah, what it's I a want complete. It's a completely different way of seeing things. So I'm I'm following you, but slowly. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> What I want you to invite yourself and be present to, and it's very important to be present to it because unconsciously it does sit somewhere. It may not be available to your consciousness right now, but unconsciously Mm -hmm. it's going to come up in time Mm -hmm. where you would go, oh, that's why I need to think about what will happen when I authentically express myself. Be present to it so you can challenge it. You see, when we Mm -hmm. challenge what our unconscious thoughts and beliefs are, we create a conscious dialogue with it. And when you're in a conscious dialogue with an unconscious thought, what tends to happen is you can reason with your unconscious thought and over time, you can suspend it. Okay. Right? Like we are reasoning right now. Like I'm saying, all right, you serve a purpose, limiting thought. You Mm -hmm. do serve a purpose. You're trying to limit me, to protect Mm -hmm. me, to not be Mm -hmm. this, right? But this is not a helpful thought. So I'm going to go do this to suspend you as a belief, right? So over time, what tends to happen is the belief does get suspended because it becomes nothing. Because consciously you've challenged it so many times that now even unconsciously you're challenging it. And so that belief suspends itself. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, okay. Right? So you have to be present to it and not just Mm. take the consequence of it. Because the consequence of a limiting belief is inaction. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Makes sense. So in your awareness, you still want to be present to what's the unconscious belief mm-hmm. that is getting triggered here. And am I challenging it? Because as you challenge it, it'll suspend itself. Cool. Okay. Now cool. let's talk about your authentic expression a little bit more. So when okay. you authentically express yourself, what do you mm-hmm. think it does to the society around you? I don't know because I haven't really tried yet. <laughs> mm. <laughs> would you Would you be able to take a guess? Let's say if you were authentically expressing. Well, okay. I will. I will go with the last few days it's uh i think i've had positive feedback so lately my authentic self comes up in the forms of jokes because i'm still playful so and uh people around me start laughing so that's a good thing <laughs> so uh yeah so authentically expressing yourself makes people happy it seems like it yes okay what else <laughs> may happen most times i do feel heard probably more so than I did before. That's something else that is relatively new because actually I'm, I'm surprised every time I say something, actually someone actually hears me. I was like, oh, this is new. <laughs> I can, mm-hmm. they hear me. And so, uh, so fully expressing yourself mm-hmm. or being authentic to your expression allows you to be heard and seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. else may happen <laughs> if you authentically express yourself? There is a fear that when I, if I do express things that are slightly controversial that don't I don't worry about the fear just yet. don't worry about the fear okay what <laughs> so I you just you keep coming back <laughs> is what are you experiencing as you express okay. yourself or what you what may imagine would happen as you authentically express yourself mm. what you may see in other people who are authentically expressing themselves what is happening in their life according to you if you can't relate with your own experience yeah well life is beautiful <laughs> Life is beautiful for you and for people around you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel when That's you authentically our... express yourself, people ease up as well because they get comfortable mm-hmm. because you're so authentic and real? Yeah. Do you think we yeah. create safety for people when we're authentic? I, I feel I do. That's what I try to radiate out. Whether it's positive, negative, doesn't matter. Just talk. That's how yeah. I try and radiate. Yeah. Beautiful. So when you are authentic, you are mm-hmm. making people happy. You're making people safe. 
You're making people comfortable in your presence. You're making people more ease up to their authenticness. So there's a lot of benefits Mm -hmm. that people around you are experiencing as you're being authentic. Now let's Mm -hmm. imagine a person that makes you feel happy, makes you feel real, makes you feel safe, makes you feel accepted and seen and heard. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you would want to now go ahead and challenge this person out of your good heart? Or if you would challenge this person, it probably would be your pain, isn't it? Yeah, actually. And I, and I have done that with one person lately. Mm. But, uh, Who was expressing themselves authentically. And if yeah. you challenged them, you challenged because you were hurting. Yeah, and realized it. But the surprising thing that happened was that uh, the challenge wasn't met with a challenge. It was met with acceptance and just hearing and listening to where my pain was coming from. That actually has happened. And it, it was a big surprise for me because suddenly the challenge is no longer a challenge. You go, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then suddenly it, it just goes. <laughs> so you are saying that when somebody is authentic, it mm. sometimes would mean that people might challenge them, but because they are so authentic, at the end of it, the people who challenge these people still will end up feeling good. That's what happened to me. But your experience is the only experience we can count on, right? There's lived experience that you have. We can give you data, but data is not going to prove you nothing. But your lived experience does prove you stuff, right? Otherwise, I have to go find evidence for you and prove it through data, which I can. But at the same point in time, your lived experience is the greatest data because you know exactly Mm. what happened, Mm -hmm. right? And you have experienced it. So I don't have to prove Mm -hmm. this to you. You have already (laughs) experienced it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You've just brought it to my awareness, yes. I have just brought it to your awareness. (laughs) So what you are saying from your experience, Mm. your lived experience of life, is that when I authentically express myself or when somebody expresses authentically to someone, usually it is met with joy, uh, acceptance, and uh, feeling heard and seen, and all these great benefits. Mm. And even if sometimes it is met with challenge, because the person has being authentic to themselves, the person who is challenging the person because of their own pain will actually feel better about themselves after that conversation. Will feel held, will feel safe, will mm. feel heard, will feel happy, will feel some positive emotion as a consequence of that conversation. Based on your lived experience, that's what you're sharing with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. So and and quite you know mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. So now that you know this and you've experienced mm-hmm. this, what would you say would be a reason for you to not authentically express in context of society? Mm. I'm running out of reasons at it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. Just so none. what we are really hearing from you here, Sarah, mm-hmm. is that being authentic helps mm-hmm. yourself as a person and it also mm-hmm. helps society. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about 100%. fear of not okay. feeling accepted or feeling mm-hmm. the fear of I cannot authentically express myself because of uncertainty mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. You see, fear is a construct that comes from imagined future. Any fear. If you think about a fear, you think about what may happen tomorrow because you're expressing yourself, not expressing yourself, whatever that might be. So fear is cooked up. Fear is not actually a thing, except for when it's real fear, like a tiger Mm -hmm. in the room. But most Mm -hmm. of the other fears that we talk about, we cook it up. We go, okay, Mm -hmm. how can I generate fear so Mm -hmm. I don't take action towards Mm -hmm. something that I've never done before? Yeah. So it's a counter to uncertainty, Okay. right? Because if you yeah. take action towards your authentic self, there's uncertainty of what may happen. Mm-hmm. 
or you cook up a fear so you don't mm-hmm. take action and hence you don't mm-hmm. have to deal with uncertainty of what may happen next. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. what if we countered fear with some certainty? So there is not that much uncertainty in our life and so we can tackle this fear. We can actually deal with this fear. How about that? Do you think that would help based on what your understanding of fear is now? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Yes. The, the reason why I said that is because now yeah. what we what we need to do to tackle this particular fear, if it comes present to our life mm-hmm. again, let's say a week, mm-hmm. two weeks, five weeks from now, is we need to make a plan. We need to write up what is it that causes this fear. But what is the fear? What's mm-hmm. the worst case scenario that I'm really imagining in my head? And then what's my plan if it does happen? Okay. Right? Yeah. So say, let's take a hypothetical example. Like a okay. hypothetical example would be, well, if I fully express authentically mm. myself, you know, people may not accept me. Or let's, let's not say people because it's overly generalized. But let's say my mother is not going to accept me. Right? Somebody that is a real person. Right? So, and yeah. mother is an example I'm saying. I'm not saying who's the person. Right? My mm. mother is not going to accept me. So mm-hmm. we say, okay, what is it that I can do so I can create a scenario where my mother, even if she doesn't accept me, is comfortable with it, right? Okay. What is it that I can do when I do mm-hmm. get the consequence of my mother is not accepting of me, right? What are the conversations I could have? What are the possible action steps I could do? How can I eliminate my mom's equation completely from this conversation because it's a completely different thing and nothing to do with her. It's something to do with business, mm-hmm. let's say, hypothetically. Yeah. What is it that I can do or partners I could find who will help me negotiate with my mom to become a little bit more accepting? How can I have a phased conversation with my mother where she's accepting of me a little bit, then a little bit more, then a little bit more, then a little bit more? Or what is it that I can do for myself so I'm unfazed of the non-acceptance of my mother? Okay. Right? There are many ways to tackle the actual fear. Mm. The actual fear is, let's say, my mom's not going to accept me. Well, you can be unfazed by it because you know what you're creating and you know in time she will accept you. Right? Mm -hmm. You could be doing it, how will I negotiate with her? You could be talking about what my friends that will go there and talk about what we are doing and what we are trying to create together so she understands. Maybe my mom's friends are more understanding and more accepting. Maybe I'll bring them on board so they can have a dialogue with my mother so we could have a more effective conversation. Right? Okay. Yep. When I first started coaching, even mm. until now, mm. sometimes me and my mom do have to get into those conversations because she doesn't understand. Mm. Now, not so much. I probably once in a couple of years. But previously, when I was starting to mm. do not only this journey, but any career that I was picking, because it was so arbitrary, because I was more leaning into the experience of life than to say if this is the right career to choose in mm. my early 20s and mid 20s, that mm. my mom was always almost like we we would have arguments because she would like, there is no career you're building. Mm. You don't keep a job. You keep like, you get positions and then you just leave them uh, high and dry. There is no real one skill. You don't have a degree mm. that you can later on say that I have this degree and I have this safe career. And so there is no, there is there was nothing that she could wrap her head around. Mm. So what I had to do is to stay unfazed because I knew what okay. I was creating as an experience for me. Even if I didn't have a certainty of career outcome, I knew mm-hmm. I had the certainty of experience. And I was okay. fortunate that early on in my life, I was aware that I want to have a great life. I don't care if I'm rich or not. Okay. Which is important to my mother, cool. of course, right? She wanted me to be safe yeah. like all mothers. But she wouldn't understand this experience of life thing that we talk about <laughs> and what gives us joy because that's not their reality. So early mm-hmm. on in my life, I had to be somewhat of a wall to say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take in your comments. 
to change my experience and change my reality because in time, I know you will understand. Okay, that's interesting. Right? Thank you. And I'm just saying this is one of the mm. ideas. I'm not saying this mm. is the way to approach it. And I don't even know mm. if mom is the issue here. All right? But it's the act of saying, what is my fear? Clearly stating mm-hmm. it. And then writing down, what is it that I will do to mitigate this fear? Okay. Right? Reduce this fear. Reduce my chances of failure. Reduce my chances of getting to a place which is not comfortable for me. And it's not only about money for everyone, right? It could be about Mm -hmm. relationships. It could be about expressions. It could be about emotions. It could be about friendships. It could be about partnerships. In any area of your life, if you define Mm -hmm. the fear clearly and write down exactly what may be some action steps, if that fear does come true, you will feel safer to actually approach the fear because you have a plan. Yeah, that makes sense. How would you feel based on this fear or other fears that you expressed mm-hmm. before if you created, um, let's call it a fear map? I would feel a lot safer, for sure. Safer. And yeah. would that allow you to get more into the act of doing what you truly want to do, which is to authentically express yourself? Yes, it would. Because safety is the main concern, basically. Safety is... Uh, how every time I think about what the fear is, it's just I, I just don't feel safe. So if I can create a container and an action map of feeling safe, then yes. Okay. I, I Is there anything to... else that would make you feel safe beyond this planning thing? Is there anything that occurs to you or comes to your mind where you go, you know, if I had this, it'll make me feel safe? Financial safety in time. Yes, that would help a lot. So okay. that is uh, the, one of the goals I'm working on right now to get there and hopefully in the coaching business also. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have a number that you've defined that helps you feel financially safe? Uh, you don't have yes. to share the number. I'm just yes. saying, do you no. have a number? No, no, I have, I have a number, yes. Cool. Okay. So you have yeah. a number that makes you financially mm-hmm. safe. Have you made a plan to get to that number? Not yet. No. So I, that's the um, next thing I want well, you to do. That's the next step. Yeah. yeah. That's the next thing I want you to do. You see, all of these things, fears and, and actions that we take, actions that we don't take, a lot of that is psychologically associated to a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Especially when we are starting something. Because when something is new, it's very uncertain. And it's it, okay. some people are very comfortable with uncertainty. And that's absolutely fine if they're comfortable mm-hmm. with uncertainty. But a lot of people need a little bit more certainty to feel safe enough to be able to pursue the direction. And to create mm-hmm. that safety, we make plans. But a lot of times we make our plan, make these plans in our head. It's not a physical thing that we can touch and mm-hmm. feel and know what is going to happen. Yeah. And that's the biggest drawback. That's the biggest okay. failure point is to not have a physical plan. Now, that physical plan doesn't have to manifest exactly as you say. It can change in mm-hmm. direction. It can change in behavior. It can change in many different ways. But to have it, mm-hmm. just to have it on a piece of paper allows us to create a lot more action. Okay. One of the things that I've seen with the businesses that we coach, and, and we're going to be coaching for the mm-hmm. whole year in the coming coming year because of the mastermind, but the biggest points to success or the speed of success increases when we sit down with any business that we coach and we coach them on creating a plan and we get them okay. to make a plan. Just having that plan increases their revenue by 30 to 50%. Okay. Because most people, even successful businesses, don't operate out of a plan. They don't know what's happening next month. They're flying by and they're trying things as things happen. Mm -hmm. Just making a plan grows your business. 
and creates okay. more certainty. Because now you have something to go, oh crap, I didn't do something or I did do something. Mm, right? Okay. So you want to have a plan to be able to do that. Now, the second part of actually mm-hmm. making a plan to come true is to find accountability. Somebody to mm-hmm. catch you, okay? okay? If you're not very good with self-accountability. So that's my next question to you, Sarah, is are you good with self-accountability or you're not very good with it? If you say you're going to do something, do you do it by yourself or somebody needs to check on you? I tend to do it by myself. Um, okay. But I, it, it takes a lot out of me to do it. Though. <laughs> I'll be honest. Have you operated better as a business owner or as a person in a job? I'm only now going into a business owner. So I've always been in a job. Were you somebody who always have a sense of urgency when your boss tells you or used to your boss used to tell you to do something? No, yes. Yes? Sense of urgency, yeah. Cool. Okay. The challenge with being a business owner and even if you're self-accountable is there's no sense of urgency. Mm. Yeah. There might be some, but there's not a lot because Mm -hmm. there's always workarounds to everything that we do. Right? So here is what the invitation would be. Find somebody Mm -hmm. that holds you accountable at least for the first run. Okay. First 90 days, first 100 days, first year even. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be somebody who's your boss, of course. You can find somebody <laughs> who's a friend who's interested in your progress like you might be interested in theirs, right? Okay. So you could simply say, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable to your plan and you're going to hold me accountable to mine, right? Okay. Now, the good thing is in about a month, you're in a system where you're being held accountable because the mm-hmm. accelerator has that system inbuilt into it, right? We monthly okay. review your plans and then we... Mm-hmm hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do. But you still want some more integrated accountability. So you want to check on if you can get somebody who's a buddy, a friend, somebody maybe on Mm. the same journey as you, to hold you accountable. So you do what you say you're going to do. So it creates a sense of urgency because a lot of us are a lot more urgent when somebody's checking on us. Yeah, I I hear you. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yep. Yes. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Okay. How do you feel now, Sarah? A lot more settled and, less, and a lot less fearful. <laughs> <laughs> you a lot less fearful. Is there something that is still feeling like that this will create fear for you? Something that is being more present to you right now going, I still think I don't know how to tackle this fear? My perfectionist side. Perf- which is, perfectionist which is, side. what does that mean? Which is the, the bit that is fighting the accountability partner. Okay, so I'm a, I tend to be a perfectionist and push and do things. So if I tell someone I'm going to do it in 90 days, likelihood of it is I'm going to push myself to do it in 30 days. And that creates me in a stress bundle. It's an old pattern. I'm, I'm a high performer. I take on a lot of things. What's wrong with you being a little bit stressed about something that you truly desire in your life? just need to manage it so my health doesn't go out the window. It's, it's just sort of managing... I used to be a workaholic, but were okay. really workaholic. So everything else would come second. But one of the reasons I want to do this is to stay balanced. So yeah. let's explore and unpack this a little bit more. So you're saying that, is it perfection or is it your need to be high-performing and deliver the tasks ahead of schedule that is a problem? What's the problem here? Because perfection is, I will not deploy something until I feel it's perfect. Or that's my understanding of perfection. What you're saying is you will do things and work yourself to ground to achieve an arbitrary timeline. Which one is more? The the, the second one. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Sarah, like we have systems to work, do you have systems Mm -hmm. to live? Not yet. Okay. So, I want to bring your attention towards 
stress and systems of living. And the reason okay. why I want to bring your attention towards it is that stress is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Stress can be good stress or bad stress. Good stress yep. is actually helpful. Good stress actually mm-hmm. builds muscle. Good stress is when we say, go to the gym and pick a heavy weight or strength train because it will stress your muscle. And because it stresses your muscle, your muscle goes, I need to expand. So good stress mm-hmm. is a good thing. Bad mm-hmm. stress is saying, I'll do strength training every day for three hours because then you're only putting stress on the muscle. You're not actually giving it space to grow. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? I'm giving yep, a different relatable example to, to muscle and muscular strength, yep. but let's take it to our life because mm-hmm. it's the same thing that works, yeah. right? You want good stress because that helps mm-hmm. you expand, but you don't mm-hmm. want good stress so many times that it becomes bad stress or stress so many times that it becomes bad stress. So here's mm-hmm. an invitation. Are you somebody who follows a calendar pretty diligently? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great. Yes. Fantastic. If you're someone who loves calendars and loves organizing things, this is going to be super helpful. Right? So here's what you want to do. Schedule mm-hmm. yourself to work four days a week for four hours. That's all you really need to do. So say Monday okay. through Thursday, every day you're going to work between 9 to 1, right? Or 9 mm-hmm. to 12, whatever works, right? Yeah. These mm-hmm. are your work hours. These are the only times that you work. For the rest of the okay. time, schedule something else. So don't leave it mm-hmm. open. Yeah. It must be something okay. scheduled. It could be I'm going to cook lunch for myself and mm-hmm. then I'm going to eat it for an hour right? Then I'm going to go out with my friends for tea time. Then I'm going to hit the gym for about an hour. Then I am going to go do something, whatever that is, a relaxation activity, read a book or watch TV, whatever it could be. It doesn't matter, right? But the challenge, the reason why we overwork is because there's nothing else on agenda that we must fulfill. And because it's open, what do we do? Mm -hmm. We fill it up with the work that doesn't require Mm -hmm. that much time. There is a principle which says, that work will always fill up the time that you assign to it. Mm. If you say a task needs an hour, it'll take an hour. If you say it needs four, mm. it'll take four. Yeah, it makes sense. Right? The way because to I took the work, whole day to do your business accelerator program. <laughs> which is probably what you end up doing. You go, uh, yeah. what am I doing right now? Well, that's not priority. Let me just keep working, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get groceries. I'll just do it at eight o'clock in the night. No. It's scheduled on my calendar. It says go in the afternoon. It is there for a reason. I'm going to go to that. Okay. Right? And I know it sounds really silly, but if you have your day structured like that, it doesn't have the space for work to fill it up. Right? So you have like scheduled your work time Uh and stress time. You also now have scheduled your break time or relax time. So the muscle that needs to expand actually Uh have space to grow. Otherwise, your muscle is just getting stressed. And then you're going to have an injury. I'm talking Mm -hmm. in context of if I was to correlate it to a bodily experience of someone, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, can stress it every day for three hours every day. You are going to end up with an injury if you don't give it time to relax and grow Mm -hmm. and learn from that stressful experience of the muscle. Yeah, makes sense. So what if Sarah, instead of wondering that I'm going to stress myself to work, or overstress mm-hmm. and hurt my health. Mm-hmm. You say, work is my priority. So is my health. Mm-hmm. So is my social responsibility. So is my relationships. So is my friendships. So is my spiritual growth. So is everything mm-hmm. else. And so mm-hmm. everybody and everything gets scheduled time on my calendar. What if we did that? That what, sounds do you amazing. think that could be an interesting <laughs> experiment to run? Yeah, sounds fun for one. 
<laughs> yeah. So and if you're a calendar person, it becomes really great and easy to actually execute towards it because you're like, oh, my calendar says I have to do something. So I must. Yeah. And uh, that, that's how I schedule my appointments. I'm like, I need to be here at this time. So <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I'm going to go for a massage. Much. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go to this. Great. It's on the calendar. It must happen. So what if Sarah, instead of worrying and stressing about, oh, I'm going to overwork myself, mm-hmm. you say, I'm not going to overwork myself because I'm going to schedule everything, including my work and my play. Yeah. Right. And so there is no opportunity to stress yourself. Mm-hmm. And now you have an accountability partner who also doesn't only watch your work, but also watches your play. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you go to that massage that you promised you're going to go? Oh, you didn't. Oh, why was that? Oh, I worked myself to that. Oh, why did you do that? Let's talk about it. Right. Okay. Let's hold each other accountable yeah. for that relaxation time too. Right. So it's again, mm-hmm. if we put it into a box and say, hey, I know what I'm going to do, which is great. The awareness that you mm-hmm. have that what you're going to do actually helps you design a life that doesn't mm-hmm. get you to do what you don't want to do because you know your natural habitat would be that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the truth. Once you do your new behavior enough times, in 30 mm-hmm. days or 60 days, your new behavior becomes your default. It's my default that if I am working too hard, I know I'm working too hard and I would immediately start taking things off my calendar. It doesn't even happen anymore mm. because everything, like for example, my workout is there. It happens at a particular mm. time on a particular day. There is no way I am even thinking that I can skip this because it's not an option. If somebody's trying yeah. to schedule a call at that time, I'm like, I'm busy because I have my work out at that time. If somebody's trying to book something on my date night, I'm like, no, this is my date night. I cannot Mm. be available for anything else. Oh, but there's a very important event you can speak at. No, it's date night. Mm. Okay. So I know exactly what is happening and I am not willing to discount anything for anything else. Yeah, okay. Right? And that becomes your new behavior. So you're not in the loop of going, oh crap, I'm going to work myself. You're not going to work yourself because your new behavior has nothing Mm. to do with you working yourself. Right, but it will take time. So you need some support yeah, yeah. in the first 60, 90 days until you start seeing the results of scheduling play time, relaxation time, workout time, eating healthy time, meeting with friends time, meeting with partners time, meeting with whoever else that gives you mm. joy time, meditation time. And you go, oh, my life is so much better because I do all of these things. Because we have a lot of hours in the day. We waste yeah. them most of the time. We can actually schedule all this fun stuff and we can get all the benefits of the fun stuff. Cool. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like, so what sounds do you like think, a lot of Sarah, would be some good next steps for you that you can take action towards in the coming 30 to 60 days? Well, the first one is to create that four-day, four four-hour calendar. <laughs> we do that first. And actually schedule all the other things that I want to do that I keep putting off. So that's, I will start with that, including the reader book, which I haven't done any since I got back from Mind Body. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will go a little little bit further in the plan to achieve my financial number and start creating, I don't remember the word you use, but the um, the fear that comes up. Mm-hmm. You can call my it fear action map. plans. You can call it fear map. map. Yeah. Figuring uh, out fear how to map. work with your fears, yeah. Yeah, of uh, the action plan of what to do if such and such thing happens. Awesome. Sarah, do you think this conversation was helpful today? I think I'm very happy I decided to come on even though I was so stressed all day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the idea of going on something that is live was really stressing me out. And I'm very happy I'm here. Very happy. Oh.